Welcome back, fellow podophiles, snooty masticators, sonic pacifiers, apathy enthusiasts, population enhancers, and specific generalists to episode four of the Thought Bubbles podcast. I'm Chris Carneal. And I'm Gary Amarati. And today we are talking about nutrition. 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 So let's get started. Blowing bubbles out of the window, chewing bubble gum and blowing big bubbles. Getting, getting rid of it, all of my troubles. Watching the temples, glubber, glubber in the bottle. All right. Now, once again, I just want to remind everybody that we are on uh, Google Play and Apple Podcasts. And if you could review us, I mean, you could pause right now. You could pause this podcast, go review us, give us five stars. Give us one star, but give us a really good reason. And try to be clever with that reason, because we want to bring you into the fold of entertaining people. So if you give us a one star, and you give the most sardonic, sarcastic piece of wit as your review, props to you. I'll tell you what, you do that, we will read it on our next episode. If you give us a five star and you do the same kind of witty insult, we'll read it too. Please, rate us. Go ahead, pause. We'll wait. Okay. Now on with the episode. Gary? Yes. Today's episode is nutrition. Yes, it is. I was thinking before I got here to record this podcast that nutrition has a two-fold operation. One is you ingest nutrition, and the expulsion of waste is just as important to that process. Absolutely. I realized that in the processing of stress, I need to do certain things to release. Mm. And so I want to play a little role-playing with you. I don't want you to be offended at all. But it's really hard to offend me. I know. And in fact, I think one of the things that we're going to try to do with intention, maybe for a topic of politics, is I want to deliberately try to get into an argument with you. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and nice. I don't know if it can be done, yeah, but I like try. the concept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what I realized, I do very specific things to manage my stress. And I'm going to role play with you, and I'm going to give you an example of one of them. Okay. And I'm going to do something. and want to make sure that you're not offended by it. But here here it is. This is something that I do at work with people. It is a great stress reliever. And here we go. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fuck. Fuck who? Fuck you. <laughs> I cannot tell you how meaningful that is. I can't tell you how relieving it is. It's under the oh guise of humor. Oh, my God. But that is a release of some sort of... Rage. It's rage. Mm. But it's also an inherent part of the cycle of life of nutrition. It is an expulsion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's rage against the machine, but it is also an expulsion of nutrition. So I think this is something that we can also talk about when we talk about nutrition is perhaps expulsion. You know, we did yeah. talk about number number two last episode. So we set the stage. I've realized something about our episodes. We're, we were essentially learning how to do this, how to communicate through this medium in our first episode. And... Uh, I was thinking maybe our first episode wouldn't be something we'd want to tell people even about. But we've built little rationales and relationships Mm. and even some, I would say, inside jokes to some degree. Mm. Not between us, but between our listeners. So if you listen Mm. to our first episode Mm. and you carry on, you'll notice things. One of the the, uh, typical established facts is I'm the punk and you're the hippie. Yes, yes. It might be forced. But it's there. You can find the roots in episode one. So go back. Go back. Also, uh, the uh, nonlinear. What was it? Nonlinear busboy? No. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna demote you. You are the. Uh, you are the. Uh, I'm the scheduling dictator, and scheduling, you're the yeah. nonlinear inspirator. 
nonlinear inspirator. I need to write that down. So then you don't have to. You just have to go back to episode oh, two to listen true. to the details. Oh, and that's is. what we're encouraging our audience to do. Amen. <laughs> Please listen to our first episode. It was amazing. And the second one expands oh, yeah. on that. Absolutely. It's uh, exponentially better each time you listen to the next episode. <laughs> All we're doing here is really trying to entertain. Amen. So that said, we're going to entertain using science about nutrition. And if I may say, Please we, do. we are also um, expelling nutrition. We're going to defecate science all over your faces, people. <laughs> yes, we are. I try to have this podcast at the very beginning have a little bit of flavor, a little something to get us going, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking about this to hesitate to go into this because it seems so negative, but I'm in a mood. That's the thing. I think I'm in, quote, a mood more often than you are. I was going to say, you know what? This episode is going to be raw and unplugged because I'm going to say fuck a lot. I'm just awesome. I'm, I'm stressed, man. I'm just over it, yeah. you know? There's a lot of stress flying around these days. There is. I feel a little bit like I might be uh, spreading out some, some cursing. I think with me, the mood thing, see, I'm a cancer. Apparently, that means I'm moody. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people do think I'm moody. Mostly um, people who like live with me. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I think what I do is that because I've been in a position most of my life to be on mm-hmm. all the jobs I've had, I've right. had to be on. So I, I think there's part of me that just turns on yep. whenever I'm doing anything, really. So I'm moody. You just can't hear it because I'm on. That is a great way to describe it because I'm a Scorpio and apparently I'm supposed to be moody. Right, right. You just articulated exactly what happens to me. I work at an ad agency and it is constant on, 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 on. And I have to grip my teeth often. I have to tell knock-knock jokes that tell people to go fuck themselves, essentially. There's a a lot of this stuff going on. So like you... In this process of being on, there is an illusion that we are not experiencing anything close to negative or depressive or stressed because of this kind of glowing shell on this, this honest. Yeah, you know, my wife has a a similar issue. She um, has a very stressful job, so stressful that pretty much while she's there, she can't actually think about anything else. Same here. I don't know that I've ever allowed myself to go that far. I've been in jobs where it's kind of required, but like you with the fuck you jokes, I would do something to relieve that pressure humorously, and it seemed to work. The great advantage there, though, is that the people around you have a sense of humor. This is something that I don't experience. (laughs) I also want to make something very clear. High stress jobs, there's... A subtle implication that somehow it's like you're working on Wall Street or you're a doctor or something. When I first started working right after a paper route, which was stressful because you had a deadline, but I I worked as a busboy and I had Mm. to be front and center with this, the, uh, what what are people who go to restaurants called? Um, customers customers those people <laughs> oh but they're clients now oh yes or associates oh right. what's it? you go to in and out burger and you're like guests you're guests, guests. now yeah, yeah. but anyway um at every tier of every possible job that that's out there there's a potential for a lot of stress and yeah. it's, you know it doesn't have to be stock market trading this actually um goes right along with nutrition because what i found the reason that i actually started learning about my own way nutrition alternative medicine that kind of stuff taking care of myself um, other than the partying uh, was the stress the jobs you know I I saw my parents friends and such getting ill they're all sick now most of them you know so I've always tried to learn and do things that would keep my body healthy 
as healthy as possible, my mind right. as healthy as possible. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, in a stressful job, that's what I do. I like try to do things to de-stress while I'm there because that stupid old adage that they used to say this in restaurants all the time, don't take the job home with you. Oh. <laughs> you can't. It's all, per- and that's the other thing. Don't take this personal, but what do you mean yeah. don't take it personal? Yeah. Everything is personal. We're yeah. human beings. Uh, the, the, the addition to that is, or the parallel is, yeah, don't take it personally. It's just business. This is oh, just business. I hate that. But not taking the job home with you is, is insane because once you experience something and it's embedded in your nervous system, that's exactly what post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. is. You're, yeah. You experience some bomb going off and three years later, you're still apprehensive about things because, you know, you're, you've got an imprint. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is it is funny that people think that we're just so malleable that we can just drop things like that. Now, uh, I got to go back to the very beginning of yep. the thing that I wasn't going to mention because it seems like such a negative thing, but it was a random thought I had driving in here. And I saw something, I think it was a billboard or a magazine cover, and it was a woman, uh, and I've seen this in guys too. In fact, I'll give examples in both sexes. Uh, here's an example. Don't know much about her music, but there's a girl, a woman, lady, little girl named female. Taylor Swift. A female, thank you, good <laughs> Lord. Named Taylor Swift. We don't have to be politically correct because of our president anymore. Well, right? I don't even know if saying a girl, lady, woman, female. Uh, let's go into this, man. Yeah. I really thought that white and black were black and white. Just very neuter. <laughs> like, I'm white, man. I don't have a tan. I'm a white guy. Yeah. And I got two buddies specifically. They're both african-american yeah they're both black yeah i don't know i don't want i certainly don't want to offend by yeah. doing any of this stuff but i hear you i'm it's... white he's black mm-hmm. i don't know if it's safe to say black anymore me either me either i say african-american I I, I I say all the politically correct things when i'm out in public when i'm at home i pretty much say them too because i don't really use a lot of language that would be considered politically incorrect at home i don't know why i use more when i'm out and about hmm well, I think we both, and I, I would like to think that uh, the intention behind the words is evident in the p- person hearing us say the words. Yes. And I And going full loop, uh, when I refer to this particular person as a woman, a girl, a lady, or a female, I actually do have hate in my heart. And it kind mm. of goes full circle to what I'm trying to explain. There are certain people, and maybe I am this person to another person, mm. but there are certain people that just look like dicks like, mm. i think this woman taylor swift looks mm. just really bitchy it's mm. not her fault she right, just has a right, facial right. configuration that somehow genetically mm. the sharp sharp facial features mm. i think that's it mm. i i for instance i think matthew mcconaughey looks like a dick mm. my scanning animal looks mm-hmm. at a pattern is like that's to be avoided it transcends gender. It transcends right. race. There's a an African-American woman who's not Taylor Swift. She's a perfectly lovely woman in interviews that I've seen. She's in the movie Hidden Figures about the uh, the women who were essential oh, the to the... Yeah. Thing. Oh, that was a great film. She's an mm-hmm. actress in that movie. And she just... Her face, she just, just looks so mean. <laughs> Do you have any people that... any? Let's, yeah. let's stick to stars or people we could all relate to that you feel that way about? I get you with the Taylor Swift. Um, I can say this, though. I had a lot of respect for her for a couple of reasons. One, she was like a tiny little baby girl when she became famous, and she basically (laughs) wrote these songs about every actor dude she dated. Yeah, that's what I understand. (laughs) Which is kind of brilliant in a way. I mean, shitty if you're that guy, but still kind of brilliant. Sure. And then she, with Apple, she did this really 
interesting thing when uh, Apple Music came out. They were giving two months away free, and they were I guess they were taking that away from the musicians getting paid. Well, she said she'd pull her whole deal, all of her music. Oh, I remember. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah. So Apple paid everybody, and I was like, that's cool. You know, you're using your weight in that way. Sure. But yes, I do agree. Up close and personal, she does look like the type of, of lady, mm-hmm. woman. Girl, female, side humanoid. Note. See, you use caveat. I use side note. Punk hippie side yeah, note. There it is. Caveats. <laughs> so I was raised, as you were, um, by a single mom in the 70s and forward. And uh, No, they gave up. <laughs> right about 76, they're like, later, dude. <laughs> I don't know what you're all about, but I ain't about that. Yeah. So um, I was raised to respect women, number one, first. First and foremost. Oh, it was boom. inherent. You know, I grew up in, in early years in Santa Cruz, Northern California, Central California. And I'm sure there was racism. I'm sure there was uh, a sexism. I'm, I'm actually for sure there was sexism because I was told about it. But I don't, I didn't remember any of it. I don't, you know, I just assumed like I had, most of my friends were black or African-American and or Hispanic or Mexican or Argentinian you know, pick a South American country. I've I've had friends in just. About Did you have any friends that were turtles? You know, um, Tortolia. I'm not sure if they if they were friends, but I have met a few turtles. They're yes. they're really cool. I don't yeah. know why there's such a prejudice against they them. They like to snap at me. I don't know why. Oh, see now that's a stereotype. Yeah. See. Wow. There you're it is. Really... You know, this is all leading up to something very interesting. <laughs> I mean, not what I'm saying, but the whole thing. I'm not leading to anything interesting. <laughs> I can guarantee you. I have to say this about Taylor Swift, and I swear I didn't plan on saying this. Do it. Um, I'm from Rhode Island, and there was an area by the coast where on whenever I needed solace, I would drive my car along this area in Newport, Rhode Island, and there was the most beautiful home that sat on almost like a little a low cliff, and it had its own little water inlet that connected to the Atlantic Ocean. And I remember I would park my car, and I'd walk around this place. through my When I started driving at like 15 and a half, all the way through to even in my 20s when I'd visit home again, I'd go to this very specific spot on the coast of Newport, Rhode Island, and I'd look at that house, and I'd always think, you know, if I ever got the resources or anything that I was trying to accomplish came to fruition, that is where I'm going to land. I'm going to buy that house. That's where I'm going to end up. That's where I'm going to retire, da-da-da-da-da. Mm. Four years ago, mm. Taylor Swift bought that fucking house. Yes, she did. I and remember. it really upsets me. <laughs> it kind of upsets me a little bit too. She she took something from me, and and I and I'm telling <laughs> she you, she snaked it right out from under you, buddy. <laughs> and it's not because of that that I now yeah. think she looks like a bitch. It's just understood. It, 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 I felt that way when I first saw her. Uh, her, you know, visage. I thought of somebody who has that look to me. Uh, mm. Katy Perry actually has that that look oh, to me. Oh, interesting. She doesn't have that look to me, and this yeah. is what's so interesting to me. Yeah. It, some people yeah. think that, and others don't. Yeah. I would love to know the psychology behind this. But see, even though. I think she has that look. I still find things about these people that I enjoy. For mm-hmm. example, her music, eh, I don't know. I'm not really into it. Mm-hmm. But that she bought or first attempted to buy a church from some nuns over here in uh, Los Feliz, I believe is where it was. Oh, Katy Perry did this? Yeah. And I think she actually ended up able to buy it. She went to court oh, and everything. Of course. It's an old, I guess, nunnery or something. And I just the idea of Katy Perry owning something like that kind of makes my heart smile oh i i that's a twist in the plot yeah see, that's what I i'm saying see. oh you know? i see because i thought so, you were setting this up to be like yeah you know what and it made me realize she is a bitch in addition <laughs> to looking like one well this is what i started to realize about me and what i was thinking while we were talking here you know i was thinking through movies like people who i think look like dicks and and there's actually a guy of course i'm not going to remember his name he's an english guy uh and he's been in several films uh um, give me one film i think he was in um 
I think it was called Brotherhood or Brother something. It's an English actor that looks like a dick to you. Yeah, and he was... Um, I Dude, you got to look it up. I'm not using Google, by the way. Oh, this is the first time. I'm we, using IMDb. We are using a device, though, to look up something, I which know. we observed last episode. We never do. So this is a yeah. break of tradition that is almost heresy. But we'll, I, I, I think you should do it because you've given such detail. We have to know these actors. Yeah, it was called Brotherhood. Ladies and gentlemen... Here the go. actors that I can't look believe like I dicks did not remember his name. Are... I, I do apologize to Jason Isaacs for not remembering his name. Okay, Jason Isaac, you look like a dick. <laughs> and uh, his co-host Jason Clark. Also, they both kind of look like dicks, but I still enjoy their acting abilities. <laughs> you know what's funny? I have no <laughs> idea what these guys Here, look like. Let me like. show you what they look like. It's the right. first two guys. All right. Actually, the fourth guy over too. Oh yeah! Oh, big time dicks. <laughs> in fact, this guy Kevin Chapman's photo, who's also in the cast of this movie, looks like a uh, dick. It was a series. Okay, it's great. All right, series. I'm gonna I'm gonna go full circle. There are four cast photos here, and this woman, Annabelle Gish, in this photo looks like a bitch. <laughs> so we got three dicks and a bitch. <laughs> it's equal opportunity. That's true. People. Okay. That's true. I have to say, we got to go on to one of our first segments. Do and it. that first segment is the news bubble, a short burst on current events. I think you should start today. Okay. On the news bubble. I discovered something that is referred to as deep fake videos. I'd seen something similar to this, but I didn't know it had a term yet. I think it was about two years ago I saw, I think, some Russian student graphic design, digital imaging students. They had mounted things on their own faces, and they actually had Putin on a TV screen. Oh, it looked yeah, like I a video. That. I couldn't tell. But everything that these students did with their faces, Putin did Exactly. I mean, there are times that you can tell something has been manipulated with a computer. I think they call it in uh, in animation, they call it the uncanny valley, and it makes this very, there's a very nuanced distinction between what an audience will be like, that is a human, and that is a, that is a computer animated character. Right. It's a very, uh, from what I understand, it's an incredibly difficult mathematical imaging problem to solve. Uh, but this style of using AI, this is what I understand about it. Not only do you have facial recognition and you have a musculature that is mimicked on video with, say, a pop star or a politician in accordance with what your own face is doing, but they have made a quantum leap recently in this deep fake video technology where, and I got to say, this is a weird way to find something out, but I read an article about this and they cited specifically a porn video of Melania Trump masturbating. And I went and I looked this video up because I'm like, all right, what is this deep fake thing with Melania masturbating? And it is her masturbating. It's crazy. And her the angles of her face as she's writhing in pleasure, it, it I, you get like half of her face is hidden and then it's fully revealed and all these different side views and up front views. And her face is mapped to this person. And it's like, if you showed me that video with me, out of, at, totally out of context, you said, this just got revealed. This is something that she did before she met Trump. I'd be like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this is huge. This is going to, this is going to, become a huge news story because it's so convincing so deep fake 
videos are something that is uh, it's it's on the horizon or it's it's broken news and it blows my mind. You bring up a really deep chord for me, and that is this this relates to the the fake news type idea. Mind you, I've read these books like uh, um, I haven't read the subgenius one, but I've read these books that one of them, um, one of my favorite authors, Robert Anton Wilson, because of him, uh, this idea of the, um, oh, what are they called? They're like a, a fake Illuminati kind of thing or a fake group, the, oh, Discordians. You have to read the book of the subgenius. Yes. Oh my yes. God. It is essential, but continue. Yes. This idea, so it's a hilarious, this, this, the Discordians, but some people outside of the fictional story decided that it was real. And so they would live that way. This I do not understand. The idea, it's not like punk rock, where punk rock was like, fuck this shit, okay? Mm -hmm. This is like, we're going to fuck this shit just because we're bored. And it's interesting because these guys, when you read what they have to say, because they, they comment on their own work, they are letting you know what the whole point of it all is. Right. They don't hide it. It's right out there in front of you. So the idea of Discordia totally misses every fucking point that they talk about in their books, creating this this realistic group. Okay, from what I've read, it was a um, a satire, basically on these types of groups that get together. They hide behind the scenes, brotherhoods, so on and so forth, the, or like with our political with our government, um, how the business has kind of become the, the backdoor game, you know? Well, Robert Anton Wilson said about the Church of the Subgenius that mm. it is truth camouflaged in utter bullshit. Mm. There you go. This was reminding you of fake, fake news. news. So, so this is the thing. This is the main point. I do not understand why a person, a group of people would want to do this. Yeah, it can cause people to not understand the truth. I get that, yeah, if you don't like somebody, you can turn them into an asshole or whatever. I get that kind of childish 12th grade bullshit. But what I don't understand is, like I saw one of these videos that was further back than that of George Bush Jr., okay? And it was the you know, person talking, making his head, making him talk and stuff. But the backdrop was the 9-11 when he was in that little school. And I'm sitting there going, okay, what? Well, what are you trying to say? But let me ask this. Specifically to that video, you could tell it was manipulated, though, right? Well, no, they were sitting there. I mean, you couldn't tell. Looking at the video, There's no, I couldn't tell. Like, have you ever seen one with Obama dancing? Yes. You, know, you those, can tell. You can tell. Yes. Okay. So but, I just want to be clear that yes. you, you can't tell in that video that, that George Bush is where he is. Well, because of the way they had it set up, it was a person sitting in a chair mm -hmm. with the contraption on right. and the TV right next to them. Okay. So yeah, there was no way for me to believe that it was George I Bush see. Jr. But if you isolated it and look at the the TV, of course it was a TV within a video. Hmm. Um, it did look quite a lot like him. I couldn't tell. I know that what you're talking about when um, you can tell what's it called the valley, the um, uncanny valley, uncanny valley. I'm familiar with this because it's one of the reasons I have a I've had a hard time with a lot of the animation, like half half animation, half human or reality, mm -hmm. whatever. Like the Jungle Book or yeah, uh, yeah. But Avatar. More, more recently, they've gotten better. But previous to Avatar, they were pretty hard for me to watch because it yeah. was. I saw that that um, valley, 
Well, and I, but I accepted that as like, oh, this is what the art is, right. you know? Right, for sure. But this is something different. This isn't for entertainment. If it was for entertainment, we'd be seeing it all over the place for entertainment. But even if it was for entertainment, with what's happening with news that people are believing bullshit as reality, right. now they're going to make it difficult for us to tell who the fuck is who? Yeah, the, really bad people are going to be caught doing bad things on video, and now they can legitimately say that video is fake. They can legitimately say that, and it won't be fake. I, I hate to encourage people to go look at porn, but look at, <laughs> go in any search engine and type deep fake video Melania Trump masturbating, and it'll blow your fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you see them using it for like, I don't know, maybe I just have a very fantastical mind but you go to watch news and they just put up let's say obama and they have him say some bullshit right, right. and then they run it on like a a, a group like um that just is trying to buy everything what's their names again i forgot the big, oh sinclair sinclair yeah and they run it on every fucking channel then it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it was real or not. It's real to the minds of the watchers. We we see it the same way as whether it's the Discordians or it's just clever artists who have this technology and they want to have fun out of boredom. Mm. The consequences are, are devastating. Yeah. And even if the intention is not to completely subvert truth, that's the net effect. And that is the disturbing part for sure. Do you have you a know, news bubble that, uh, that you would like to burst? Okay. News bubble to burst. It's always, I always have to think about this because, well, because you, know, you don't watch the news yeah. and I, I, that is why you are sane. <laughs> I mean, in the sense that you're not, no, I'm going to rephrase that. It might not be sanity, but there's a balanced optimism that I notice you have whenever we yeah. discuss things. And I think it's because you're not bombarded by little subtle constant bullshit that the the media propagates yeah i have been i have been in a, a, a vacation from the media and okay so here's my news bubble it's about the media the problem i have it kind of relates to to your um to the deep fake uh videos but media now remember there's a, there's a great movie called network if you have not seen network you must Watch this film, okay? And I know if you're young and you go to watch it, it's old. So what? Watch it. Pay attention to the content, not the way it looks aged. I completely agree, and I have to say, without a doubt, I second that emotion bigly. And this and this movie was done in the 70s, I want to say? I, I think 70s. it might even be 73. 73, okay. Thank. So this movie was done. It was. It had already happened, what they talk about in this film. A more modern version of it is a uh, an uh, Aaron Sorkin. That's his name, right? Yeah, Aaron mm -hmm. Sorkin's last. Um, a, I think it was HBO uh, about uh, Newsroom. I think is what it was called, or yeah, Newsroom. I think it was called Newsroom. Yeah. The guy who was in Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey was in yes, it, right? And he was fantastic. So what's yeah. his name? We have to give God, him, we have to give him credit. Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Because we're already a half an hour into this podcast, okay. we're going to make these it? two episodes. Okay, but this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Because you have mentioned network, yeah, and because it's so pertinent to today, yeah. without a doubt, we're going to skip our movie or music that resonates with us perfect. section because I. This is the movie. It is. I. Yeah. I it's. It's perfect. I agree. I All agree. Right. So, and you brought up network uh, as an example for, for something that was bugging you about the news. Yes. 
the second show, and I would I would say that this covers movie and TV, um, is his show Newsroom, uh, Aaron Sorkin's show Newsroom. And by the way, if you heard me say mushrooms, that was when I first really started to look into uh, Aaron Sorkin. He apparently got um, busted coming across the border with a sack of oh uh, good for him i know that's what i said yeah right on dude now i want to watch all his stuff i'm like he's already creative now he's cool (laughs) what's amazing is that uh anyone who's creative that indulges in specifically that drug yeah has the wherewithal to actually produce anything because let's yeah i think those experiences are so wonderful it's like i just want to experience this i don't want to put pen to paper yeah i just why why do that when i can walk outside mm-hmm. and just look experience you know? yeah okay, so, anyway. so network and the newsroom sort of did the same thing and it's it's this the thing that bugs me the news bubble um is that the originally news was non-sponsored so to speak it was the one part of the media that was left untouched it wasn't influenced by um by corporate it wasn't influenced by advertising they the whole thing was people gave money for advertising because they wanted it to be news then something changed um and the companies started the uh entertainment companies started putting the news as part of the entertainment so once news became entertainment it's all bullshit all of it I don't care what you think your favorite TV show is. I mean, your favorite media is CNN, NBC, all that. It's all entertainment. Now, you might think I'm saying that it's all fake. No, I'm not saying that. But it is influenced by the agenda of the corporation that owns it. And the sponsors. And the sponsors. Which is a perfect segue to our break. Before we go into Am I Bugging You Something That Burst Your Bubble, we actually are going to uh, take a break for our sponsor, ironically. And here it is. (laughs) I really just wanted something that I could listen to as a soundtrack. Not intrusive, not making a statement, but just something sometimes gentle. Something... Funky. It was so much work, in fact, I thought it was ironic that this was something I did as leisure. So I called it the New Leisure. And you can get the New Leisure by Carneal on iTunes. And we're back. It is now time for Am I Bugging You? Something that is bursting your bubble. Bursting my bubble. I'm going to jump in. Mm. People who live in fear are really f- fucking with me. I've noticed this okay. everywhere from drivers to people in line, not necessarily with me, but the way certain people act with cashiers or even servers at restaurants and at my job. A lot of people live in fear. And what I mean by that. there's never a benefit of the doubt with people Mm. who are living in fear. They approach situations immediately on the offense or maybe hyper defensive. Now, I'm not seeing a lot of this, Mm. but in certain areas of my life, I do see it and it's unnecessary and I don't come from that. So it's blatantly obvious when it's there. And that's something that's just really deflating me man when i see that give people the benefit of the doubt man yeah you know i i do so here's what's burst in my bubble um humanity and 
humanity is also one of my favorite things. So it's a very weird place to be. So the part of humanity that's bursting your bubble. Humanity itself. It's well. It's the part. The part is the. I like to call it the lowest common denominator. So we have this idea that geniuses, that people who figure out the most obscure thing and and or, or something that was so mysterious, and they figure it out. And only like 1% or 10% of the population of the entire planet understands what this person did. We shouldn't be weighed in that way. We should be weighed by our lowest common denominator. The lowest common denominator is the person that we should be talking to, teaching, and looking at as the genius. Because if we could all communicate at the lowest level, things would be far less hateful, far less, name anything negative. So the person who can communicate complex ideas, whether it's uh, socioeconomic, politically, mm-hmm. scientific, board. yeah, philosophical ideas, and, and can communicate them in a way that, let's say, the lowest common denominator, meaning someone who is just not sophisticated in their thinking and they're not as, as complex in the way they analyze things, right? Absolutely. If they can be reached, the communicator who bridges that gap really is the genius. I would, yes, that's what I am saying. That's what I'm attempting to say. And, and you know, I think this is because of, of what we saw. A lot of people woke up to it when Trump got elected. Um, and some people were watching it happen before um, he got elected. But there's this whole swath of America that just was, they ripped education from 20 plus years ago. And they ripped all these uh, systems that were in place to educate Americans and, and bring them up so that they were all, you know, they could get better jobs, they could raise, it's like raising... They just simply defunded our education system. Yeah, they defunded it. And what happened? Now we have these people who are making choices that are based upon things that, that are not the same things that are that people who have had these opportunities are basing their decisions on, and it is creating conflict. Now, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it wasn't creating conflict, but it's this kind of conflict that you brought up in the beginning about sort of sexism or racism or, you know, what, what are the right words to say? Well, there's no, there's no conversation here. There's fuck you and wait, why are you saying fuck you? You know, you have all these opportunities. Uh, fuck you. I don't have any opportunities because I can't even spell right because you took school away from me. Right. And so it, there's no way to, to actually have a real conversation between these two groups. I guess they call it the um, the uh, we've lost the middle class kind of thing. So we've got the polar. Yeah, the disparity in the classes or even disparity in the mentalities. Yeah. Normally we do this segment. What's bugging you? That segment, exactly. Yes. After we do a word bubble. And I messed the order up. So now we're going to do the word bubble, which is a book or quote that inflates your brain. So the nonlinear um, inspirator. inspirator has um, is contagious. How so? Because you just went out of order. Oh, well, this Mm. is good. I prefer this influence because (laughs) linear thinking just gets me. It's so tense. It it is. Linear thinkers are probably the reason for the uh, living in fear and being immediately defensive and offensive. And that one I have a problem with, too. By the way, I looked up nonlinear just to see if there was a nonlinear thinking and Mm -hmm. then there were there were a lot of stuff about it, and I I took a um, one of those online little quizzes. Is there actually a, are you an, a nonlinear thinker quiz? Yes. So, but they don't when they when they label you at the end. Again, here we are with the labels again. Mm-hmm. When they label you at the end, let me guess, you're an African American. <laughs> I'm an African American woman who has a bitchy face. <laughs> <laughs> 
when you get your answer, it's none of them are nonlinear. That you don't get that title. That's what I was looking for. I wanted the nonlinear title. I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm a nonlinear. Do you remember what your answer is to yeah. as an example? I know what my my title is. It's a creative thinker. I'm like, okay, well, I already fucking knew that, but okay. But at least that's a, a label that we can get. Yeah. When you said that the answers were almost up for interpretation, it sounded like you are a banana peeling plastic bottle. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? That is way too nonlinear. Please yeah. give me something to find. What was also interesting were the questions because some of the questions I've taken a lot of those silly online tests, yeah, you know, quizzes, whatever. But some of these questions were so like. This type of thinker, me, has right. to exist more than me because these are things that I don't know anybody else except for you that would answer the way I answered these. Or are you saying that the creator of the questionnaire is of your ilk? Well... Because you would have to know certain things in order to be able to ask them of other people. Or there's a researcher and they've figured it out through research. So you know? are you saying to me that a linear thinker can determine nonlinear thoughts? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if they can determine the thoughts, but they have devised uh, some questions that help them, here it is, categorize oh, sure. humans once again. Just remember, nonlinear thinkers, we're going to be in the same camps with everybody else who's not allowed if something goes down. Take that in, folks. <laughs> we're going to give you a minute to reflect on that. <laughs> you were inspired to say everything that you just said when I said, this is the segment about the word bubbles, right? Yes. And you know what it is? is I've been... Well, it really is contagious because I am so lost in the, the model of how this podcast is supposed to unfold right now. <laughs> Let's assume we were, we that were... you did. That you did, in fact, answer your segment portion of the word bubble. You know, we can do it both ways and see how it plays out. I can say yes, and I can say no, actually, I was. <laughs> Choose your own adventure edition of Thought Bubbles podcast. I'm going to tell you, I, oh, look, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to ground this bloody podcast Let's do back, it. Okay? okay? We're going to bring it back into the yeah. dictatorial scheduling there he is. and a little bit out of the nonlinear inspirator. We're going to bring it back, people. <laughs> Come on, join me, folks. This is what we're going to do. This segment is called the Word Bubble, and Gary did whatever he just did, and we're going to let that ride. But now I'm taking over. Excellent. My nights were sour, spent with Schopenhauer. My Word Bubble is an audiobook that I have been revisiting. I've mm. both read this book and then listened to the audiobook about six years ago. It is a David Lynch book called Catching the Big Fish. Oh. And it is just a very simple book mm. about delving into the creative process and specifically the results he's found from doing transcendental meditation for the last 30 or 40 years. Mm. It's, I like that. It's a very pleasant little experience. I recommend it on audiobook specifically because David Lynch has a wacky little voice. He'll say things like... Um, Make sure you have enough food for the day and do some painting. Reserve three hours for one good hour of painting. He sounds pretty much like, like that. that. You nailed and it. And it could be a little bit irritating, but if you're in the mood, it's just like, guide me, Dave. Yeah. Just guide me. So that's my word bubble. That's how I feel about Twin Peaks. But can I can I add something to my please, word bubble? Please do. So it's the same book. I've been reading that Undoing Yourself. But here, here's here's my quote. We've we've already discussed the book, so I'm just going to give you the quote because I really like it. Do it. I invoke the theory of relativity by the authority of Einstein to prove that my authority and ideas 
are as equally valid as anyone else's. It's great to establish the precedent of relativity to to make that claim. Yeah, because it's totally bullshit. <laughs> it is, it's Discordia Incorporated. <laughs> you have to read the book of the subjects. I'm just going to have to get you a copy of it. I, 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 Did believe, I give you a copy of it? I have it on Kindle, so I'll read it. Uh, it's much more fun. I, I'm going to get you a printed copy. Okay. Don't don't do Kindle. Okay. So let's let's summarize. Everyone has to read Undoing Yourself, which we've talked about in every podcast at this point. But it's worth <laughs> it. Not a complaint. It's worth it. And uh, my fault is uh, I have mentioned the book of the subgenius. I think mm -hmm. at least every podcast. So everyone must read those two books. Everyone must watch Network. This yes. is a seminal Absolutely. film. Absolutely. This is yes. So we're going to go into our segment of the love bubble. This is the stuff or the thing that is making us feel like we are floating in the universe free form. Mine is something so basic. It's peanut butter filled salty pretzels from Trader Joe's. I eat those things almost every day. I'm in a I'm in a cycle of doing it, and I get such incredible joy. And these things morph in accordance with how your mouth is. Ooh. And this is an example. I had some onions and some kind of Mediterranean food last night, and then I went for these maybe a half an hour later, and there was like residue of the onion mm. left over. So when I had these peanut butter filled salty pretzel things they just exploded with some kind of sweetness that didn't exist prior like mm, in that previous night yeah, i know what you're saying we spend quite a bit of our time in our own minds and when we come to this podcast <laughs> we talk about consciousness and it's yeah. ostensibly very highfalutin level shit mm. but let me tell you these pretzels make me happy mm. i mean i am brought down to the puppy dog level of give me more every time i have a bowl of these fucking things and i love them you actually oh he's pulling a bag out of something yeah, you actually reminded me of what's what's i've been loving um lately and it's food too i can see you have a bag of nuts for the for the listener it's it's actually not nuts it's nuts.com oh <laughs> we are not being paid to say that nuts.com you please send us a check because <laughs> you, you guys are amazing oh, oh now you have to send us a check <laughs> I went through this phase of, of eating granola for the past year. Uh, my wife was going to lose her mind because I ate it all the time. But I just couldn't get over the granola until recently. And the way I've gotten over it is I make my own. And I basically, I have this other granola kind of stuff that I put like a, like a quarter cup in. Mm -hmm. But I start with chia seeds. Then I take some, uh, with the chia seeds, I put some uh, nuts, and it's usually uh, uh, macadamia nuts, walnuts. And then um, I'll throw in some hemp seeds, right? Then the little crunch. I need a little crunch, so I get the crunch right. from um, from that other granola, right? Mm -hmm. But then, I'm sorry I keep plugging this. I, I have no reason to. I really no, it's, don't. It's, it, they're just lucky, these people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, that your word bubble is not nuts.com yeah, is <laughs> so genius for them. <laughs> Because they really do have amazing nuts. Oh my god! <laughs> Anyways, I have amazing nuts. You're not talking about them. I'll pay you. <laughs> well, you see, sometimes things are just so good. You just got to put them in your mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm you gonna don't stop. Need money. All and right. Yeah, back do, to being I, an adult. Here we go. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Talk know. about your nuts. <laughs> You know what's funny? Is these aren't even nuts. They're cherries. I know. 
Wait, what's even more weird is that it's labeled nuts. I was well, looking at the nuts. bag. It says yeah, nuts.com. Nuts. Nuts. On the back of the bag, freeze-dried cherries. Okay. So you gotta you gotta taste. He's one opening of these. them up as if to offer them to the audience. All right, um, I'm putting can... one of these. Yeah. Yeah. So see, now like, this must be the most annoying thing to be listening to when you're in your car, <laughs> or you're at the gym, and you're just like, yeah, these two assholes just decided to eat while I'm listening. So I look like a dick. <laughs> oh. If I was watching TV, I would look like a dick. <laughs> when Gary's chewing, he looks like one of those celebrity dickheads. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that there's a... There's definitely a full-bodied flavor to those things. Right. Nuts.com, you better send us a check. <laughs> so it's the cherries, mm-hmm. the freeze, freeze-dried freeze cherries. Yes. I put them in, and I use almond yogurt. Okay, listen. Oh, sorry. One you... last thing. Do it. So the combination, I eat that, and then I eat a bunch of seaweed. Those two things, mm-hmm. the granola and the seaweed, mm-hmm. seaweed, make me happy. Fill me with love. That was brilliant. I see exactly what you did. You took... My example of having, say, like onion Mediterranean food and then waiting and then how it alters the flavor of the peanut butter stuffed pretzels. You got me thinking. And yeah, you got this cherry thing and then you do that seaweed thing. I totally get it. Yeah, and right? I can see without even having the seaweed, I can see where that would complement it. Right. We just had one of those things where... It's all—it's a quasi-synchronicity. It was done in reality. But you designed it so it's not quite synchronicity. Hmm. Did I design it or did it unfold through me? All right. Everyone who just heard that question, please answer it for me <laughs> by writing in a review on Apple.com. In your yes, review, please. please respond to Gary's claim. Did he design it or did it unfold naturally and leave a five-star review yeah. through him? Through me. Yeah. With a five-star review. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that covers your word bubble, my friends. Uh, you twice. and your nuts. So I know. I don't like to talk about my nuts. Because... We dominated the word bubble, or at least ended it, with this nutritional information. We are going to uh, take a break and then head right into our main discussion. So when we come back, we're going to discuss the big bubble, our main discussion topic of nutrition. We will be right back. What am I doing here? (laughs) I'm doing feral farming. I'm not a green thumb. I never was a green thumb. I'm not scientific. I'm feral. Yeah, I learn. I learn things. I learn how to grow things. I Google stuff all the time. And then I go out and I try and make something happen. And you know what? You can do it too. So check out Gary's Feral Farm Show on YouTube. All right. We have to figure out how to be healthy. And we can do that through a lot of different things. And I think the food and the fuel that you consume is one of the paths Gary and I have each independently done all sorts of scientific experiments on our own bodies. Oh, yeah. And we're going to report to you what we have found out. So I'm going to start here. Most of my life, I've been either uh, working in a restaurant that had uh, healthy food or working in a business that was healthy food or what they called... um, Yeah, like a health food store. Health food store type of deal. But it was restaurants, and then I I worked at this tonic bar kind of place. uh, I think these things, by the way, are very specific to California. Or or, no, let me be be more general, the West Coast, because although we had Whole Foods in on the East... On the East Coast, you didn't have juice bars or health food yeah. places. Yeah, back California, east. Southern California specifically has a lot. Well, there's a lot up in Northern California too. 
Anyways, so I've been sort of experimenting with different things. I had irritable bowel syndrome Mm -hmm. when I was uh, like 18 or 19, and they put me on something called (laughs) Fibercon, Mm -hmm. which always tripped me out. So at that time, I was eating, you know, in college, and I was pretty much eating Taco Bell, depending on how much money I had. Yeah. Uh, it was either the 99 cent burrito or whatever I could afford. I sure. loved the burrito supreme. I was a fan. Um, but anyways, uh, so I had this stomach issue. And so I found this little store and started learning about um, uh, health food. Also, being gro- growing up in Santa Cruz, I was around health food as a kid. So that's what I was fed as a kid. When we moved to Texas, there was there was you know chicken fried steak and potatoes and French fries. That was so. What would it. be a snack you'd have at thirteen years old? It would have been something like a um, like an organic-y type of tortilla with alfalfa sprouts and maybe a little cream cheese. Okay, but um, no no Doritos. No, not Doritos. Not not then. Maybe well maybe some kind of chips. But they you know back then at thirteen we there was like one Doritos. Okay, how about at nine? Eight or nine years old. Eight or nine years old. The only time I ate things, m- mom didn't lo- allow me to eat like sugary things or nothing. So no Captain Crunch. No, but when I went to my cousin's house, I got some Captain Crunch, some Fruity Pebbles, or when I went to a friend's house. Did you want that at home? Once yeah. You had it? yeah. When I got a little older, I had the boob. I liked booberry. Oh, boo I berry. loved booberry yeah. specifically yeah. out of yeah. those all those all, monster yeah. cereals. I was all about the booberry, but mom allowed me to have. Um, oh, it was called buckwheat something, buckwheat flakes with like honey. Okay, on. so she allowed me to have those. I have to tell you one thing about being a kid. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was something called Creature Double Feature on Channel Fifty Six, which is a UHF channel, and they would show Godzilla movies or monster yeah, yeah, yeah. movies two in a row on Saturday. And channel Forty Four in, in where I lived. So yeah. you did have this, yeah. a Creature Double Feature oh, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And I would want a snack, and my mom would sit me in front of that TV with a head of lettuce. And I'd eat that head of lettuce throughout nice. the whole thing until it was gone. And I really enjoyed. It. I enjoyed the crunch. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the whole experience of that. And I never felt like I was missing out or that I was being enforced yeah. to eat anything healthy. Yeah. I loved blueberry cereal though, but that's the, well, I was probably about seven or eight years old. When yeah. I well, that's when the influence of other kids. Yeah. But, yeah. um, so anyways, that's, you know, kind of the history. And then, then at eighteen nineteen, I, I started to do things like party and I started to learn how to take care of myself. So I experimented a lot in all kinds of directions. Spirulino was the first thing that I came across. Was this to compensate for the partying that you were doing to your body? That came later. But first it was just fixing the irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, right. And that that was fiber. I wasn't getting enough fiber. And so that was fiber. And um, and then the, the spirulina really worked for me because it was the deep greens that I needed. So, so okay, so that led to now where I've learned all this stuff and I, I've worked for different places and, and, learn, and learned about different diets. Mm-hmm. So I, um, there are fad diets, which, by the way, I looked up the definition of fad diet, made me fall out of my chair laughing. So it's a diet that has no scientific evidence whatsoever <laughs> and, wait, always, always has a, a famous person attached to it. And I'm oh, like, yeah, right, right. okay, so famous people, quit attaching your names to things that don't, that are not backed by science like or the, something, backed by some kind of reality. Like the presidency, back <laughs> away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, so fad diets, and I've worked for uh, a company that has their diet, and I also have helped people with different diets. And I've learned that the one thing about diet that I think that that nobody is really doing, 
I think some people are trying to learn how to do it, but is learn how to listen to your body to put food in it. Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds easy, but it's really not. Because a lot of times we eat food that our parents gave us, mm-hmm. like we did, mm-hmm. almost all the time, really. And so I read this other article a while back about how um, they, they realized that diseases aren't necessarily caused by genetics. They're more caused by you eating the same diet that your parents did. Mm-hmm. And you get the same diseases that they did because you're eating the same foods. So there's a lot to be said for learning what works in your body. And I could go into it for hours, but I learned that. And the other thing I learned was just because somebody else is not following your diet doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah, because everybody, every body, body's requirements for nutrition are different. Yes. I think I consume what most people would think of as way too much cholesterol, but it doesn't show up in that way. Oh, you have that gene then. I'm a very skinny person, and I have been genetically since four years old. Mm. And I've always been trying to figure out ways to gain muscle, gain weight. That was always a thing, a neurosis of mine, ever since being you know, pummeled around by bullies and gym class and all this other stuff. And the pursuit recently of trying to find out what's the best way I can build I just started to do this obsessive research on what things like fats and different proteins and all these different things do. I'm going to give you my my a basic here's what works for me. I think the reason I'm I'm saying works for me is everyone has to really do so many different experiments to find out what works. I can't stress this enough. In my opinion, it seems like everyone is a totally unique machine. Absolutely. My wife took me to a place about three years ago called Bulletproof Coffee. And I read about this guy named Dave Asprey, who was a Silicon Valley multimillionaire, dropped out and traveled around the world. And he decided he was going to climb like the Himalayan mountains or something like that. And he got like a, a tenth of the way up and was exhausted. A tribalman gave him some yak tea. I believe it was a green tea with yak butter mixed in it. And he recovered like in, in 20 minutes after drinking this concoction. And so when he got back from his world travels, he dumped all his money into what is the compound? What is it about this elixir that gave him this rejuvenation under such conditions? And from that research, he developed this thing called Bulletproof Coffee, which is basically two tablespoons of grass-fed ghee, two tablespoons of coconut oil in coffee and mix the shit out of it to where it's it's blended to like a almost a cream anyway we went to this place called bulletproof coffee i had a cup of this stuff not knowing any of this and realized that this kind of fat which uh, is a saturated fat this mct oil medium chain triglycerides it really worked with my body chemistry and i had i guess when the caffeine from the coffee binds with this these oils it seems to kind of extend the energy it's a slow burn but this this was like an aha moment for me where i realized wait a minute there's a chemistry to what i eat i was a vegetarian for four years and i know that you should probably lay off that and eat mostly vegetables you know you hear a bunch of things Mm. and there are very basic guidelines that conflict with the food pyramid of the 50s and you know i remember hearing oh you eat meat and potatoes and we're a meat and potatoes family and then i find out that those two things are actually the worst things you can eat together because of the way the enzymes compete with each other i don't know what it is but i i hear these loose things and you're just like yeah i'm young i'm resilient i don't really need to pay much attention to that Mm. but when i had this bulletproof coffee i was like okay i feel distinctly energized 
Mm. I want to know my body and how it responds to things. But my basic thing is B-complex vitamins give me energy. Bulletproof coffee with MCT oil, which I don't do anymore, but I do variations on, on, on supplementing my diet with these fats, give me energy. Or more importantly, give me sustained ability to just even think straight. I would like to say uh, this might go a little longer than expected because um, I've got a lot to say coming up. Well, I don't have that much to say, so you're going to be able to take over. <laughs> I do magnesium both oh, yeah. as, a, as a supplement in the evening, and even uh, I do magnesium Epsom salt baths, which calm yeah. me. Well, magnesium is one of those things that the, that the body uses rapidly, so there's you can dose yourself. There's a particular magnesium, magnesium, and it starts with a G. Oh, right. There's there's always a magnesium this and a magnesium right. there's that. There's two that start with a G, but one of them you can do super doses with because it doesn't um, stay with you. Okay. Just, you use what you need and it goes on. But but uh, magnesium is one of the things that your body loses first when you start to get tired. So taking it in the morning, it also helps a lot of people with sleep. So you can take it at night. And it's absorbed through the skin in these baths. And I can feel that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's some sprays you can get too with it in it. Awesome. It's funny. I don't really know much, but I can tell you this is what I've been doing for the last three years: supplementing my my diet with MCT oils, healthy fats in general, mm. B complex vitamins, and if you are a drinking sort, if you got a little buzz going and you're like, I had too much to drink, you take a B complex vitamin before you go to sleep. You will not wake up with a hangover headache. Mm. It's amazing. These uh, magnesium supplements work incredibly well for me when it comes to relaxing, and just about. Every single day for a lunch, I have a can of sardines mixed in a kale salad. You know, you would have fit right in at the tonic bar. You're, you're eating pretty much the diet a lot of people ate there. I eat in a way, and people at work notice this, and they're just like, what are you, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I've gained six pounds in the last year. I go to the gym just about every day in the morning, and I'm somehow gaining muscle. It's not incredibly visible, but... It's it's yeah, there. It, it's visible. So hey, have you done the twenty three and Me thing? Have you sent in for the DNA? No, I'm not plugging them again. You know, I have to say, these people, all of these, <laughs> all of these products that I'm going to mention, they should really pay us because I do love a lot of them, and I could go on and on about how they've worked for me and what. I'm going to have to go on a little bit about 23andMe because it's awesome. I'm so curious about it, and I have not done it. Explain what it is. They send you a little um, a little box with a, a tube in it, and you spit in that tube. Right. Then you send it back to them, and they get your DNA out of there. That's comforting. So this is the fun part. When I did it, the, the, the laws were that they couldn't tell you about possible diseases that you could possibly get based upon the genes that you are the uh, the DNA sequences that you have. Um, so what I did was um, at that time they asked they had a lot of um, questions online. So that that goes to I forgot exactly what it's called, but there's a, a type of learning about your body that by answering these questions truthfully they can then look at your DNA and give you advice and such. Because I knew at some point they would start allowing them to give you more detailed reports about your body. So that happened. It happened before Bush. I mean, before um, uh, Trump. The reason I bring this up is specifically one thing. I tried that. I love the MCT oils. I get them. I like them for the reason that they're fat that burns the quickest or they gets used as energy more rapidly. But for me, genetically, eating saturated fat 
via my DNA, mm-hmm. saturated fat will actually cause me to gain weight over time. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that gene, so they can eat it like a crazy person. So although I did the bulletproof thing, I like it, and I got the concept, it's not something that I should do on a regular basis because my body does not work that way. And this is what I found working in these businesses. This is what I found is that every claim out there at least works for the person who experienced it. Yeah, right. There's always someone who it will work for, and there's and there's always people it will not work for, and right. it doesn't discount the validity exactly. of the claim. Exactly. You mentioned Trump. I have to say this about the, his health. <laughs> do, you, do you know that he has proclaimed athletes are killing themselves because you are like a battery, and if you use up your energy, you die? Well, the <laughs> thing about energy is that um, you can't use it up. <laughs> if he learned a little bit of science, but I get it. I get it that these governments across the United States took away education. So maybe he didn't learn that, you know, cre- that energy is never created nor destroyed. It's just transformed. Maybe he didn't learn that. Oh, you know? he's, I love how you, this is an example. Yeah, I'm of not the... in any way trying to protect that man. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but this is the punk hippie thing. But, yeah. I'm like, that guy's a but, fucking idiot. And you're like, uh, oh, but you oh, know, yeah. maybe he just wasn't exposed to the right information. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he is still an idiot, but maybe it's not his fault that he's an idiot. Or maybe he chooses to be an idiot. I don't know. But yeah, so that's the Trump diet. Uh, <laughs> don't do anything and you'll preserve your life. It's, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I used to cycle like a crazy person, and mm-hmm. then I also ran like 20 miles a day. I st- didn't start out at 20 miles a day. Jesus, I up 20 miles a day. Yeah, I, I did three a day for a year, and I was so proud of myself, and I could barely get through the fourth. I got into a thing. And, and damn, um, what I did was I supplemented with different things to um, keep my body going, and it works. Now, not like the, the athletes, like the cyclists, those cats— that doping whole thing yeah from from what i've read and i'm not going to say whether they dope or not but i'm going to say this if you can put these things b12 a magnesium if you have a doctor that can measure the levels in your body and then inject the amount of levels that you need to stay at that energy level it is unbelievable how long you can just keep going well, that's an interesting parallel with doping, which is some kind of concoction that I'm sure you you only have access to in a lab versus what, supplementing with, with with these vitamins and whatnot. What is the difference? Well, some of them are. Some of these vitamins are considered doping. Oh, okay. So, so it's doping is a broad subject. I got a question about supplements yeah. because I know that you worked for many years in the supplement industry and you know a little bit about how uh, they're manufactured. <laughs> I have a lot of knowledge, but not a lot of... Uh... I mean, I have a lot. I did a lot of learning, but I don't have a lot of knowledge. But you do know, <laughs> for instance, that there there are fillers that are used. Like yes. What, what are some things that people should look out for when they're buying supplements or vitamins? Fillers is a good good one. What's a an lot, example of a filler? Something you can't pronounce? Magnesium stearate. You know, that's one. Um, there are a whole bunch. There's like when you see gelatin. I, mm-hmm. I gosh, I hope everybody knows what gelatin is. If you don't know what gelatin is, it used to come from bones. And well, skin. it used to come from specifically horse hooves, mm-hmm. but now I'm sure it just comes from something in a dead animal's body that creates gelatin, bones of some sort. By the way, diets and such. So my wife and I watched this movie, Cowspiracy. Stacy and I watched that because of you guys. Oh, that's right, And yeah. it really blew my mind. Yeah. So my wife and I consider ourselves environmentalists, or try to be. And so we watched this movie, and it was undeniable that you should see it. But what we learned in a nutshell is that the animal agricultural industry 
is one of the, if not the, industry that is causing the most of the, uh, what do you say? The environmental destruction. Environmental destruction, but it's specifically carbon in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's sustainability. They, they are, it is the most unsustainable thing uh, process out there. For example, in order to make one quarter pound burger, it takes 660 gallons of water to make. That's a lot. I could take a shower for a week. I love showers. So that was my kind of comical way of deciding to go this way. Right. But there are more. It's more to it than that. The grains that we feed the cows and such. Um, well, it's terrible for the poor cows. And then the injections of of uh, antibiotics and all this. And just stuff. feed the grains of people. Exactly. If we took that same grain, we could feed the world over and over. And I know what people might think because I thought this health food nuts. But it's grain. It's it's carbohydrates. It's gonna make no. Actually, your body will adapt. The reason I I think personally, my own hypothesis on why grains are not great for people right now, is because we don't move around very much. We just kind of sit around. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were running marathons all the time, grains wouldn't make a difference. Plus, grains are great food for your brain. Carb is carbs are great. So my wife and I became almost vegan. We now and again she eats a little more than me. Eggs. Mm-hmm. She's a type 1 diabetic, so she has another interesting diet that she has to follow. By the way, I have three hard-boiled, farm-raised eggs every single morning. Wow. See, I couldn't do that. I would My cholesterol would go up. Um, I, w- I used to do that. I have now not, I am now not doing that. Anyways, we gave up meat. We gave up um, pretty much everything. I thought dairy was going to be the hardest for me because, man, did I love cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved cheese. But it actually was not that hard. And then, like, a year and a half later, we got these olives, and I didn't realize that they had blue cheese in them, and I ate one, and dude, that cheese tasted, I used, blue cheese was my favorite cheese. Mm -hmm. It tasted so foul, Uh. I couldn't believe the difference. What I've learned from this diet, where I eat- No dairy. no No dairy, no dairy whatsoever. We eat eggs once in a while, if we're in a place where they don't have anything but iceberg lettuce and mayonnaise, we might have a piece of fish. What I've learned is my body loves eating this way. Mm-hmm. That like you were saying about eating that thing of lettuce, that's actually, I also, you know, do a lot of farming in my own property. And I will literally, when I'm doing a lot of farm, I will just pull something off of the plant and eat it. And that satiates me. Right. I could eat vegetables. I could, I could literally eat seaweed only and be fine. Because I've tried everything. I've eaten meats. I've done... When I worked at the tonic bar, I tried like a crazy person. We did the Bulletproof. We, any yeah. diet that came out, we tried it. What it tells me that I can eat this and be supercharged energy is that you need to find these things for you. Well, you have a stressful job. That's another reason why you do it. You also had the the experience of, of wanting to gain weight. Uh, this place I worked at, I hesitate to say the name. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I worked for this company called Body Ecology. Fantastic diet. To be honest, they're probably, their core idea of diet is probably the best I've ever seen. Their whole idea is if you're not feeling well, they have a, a certain types of food you should only eat for a very short period of time. Get rid of everything else. The number one thing they say to get rid of is processed food. Mm-hmm. And if you do any history, conspiracy talks about this, but any history on the food industry you'll find that previous to the Industrial Revolution, people didn't have the problems that they have now with food. After the Industrial Revolution, when we started running everything through machines, now I don't think, this is me hypothesizing again, 
I don't think that the uh, reason that people are getting, um, what's that, gluten intolerance, mm-hmm. is because of the actual wheat. I think it's because of the chemicals they use to clean the machines that they put the wheat through. I don't know anything about any of this, but I do know enough about genetically engineered seeds and mm. Monsanto's uh, attempts at embedding pesticides within the actual plants. Do you think that there is a, an element of that? For sure. They're actually, the doctor who, who came up with uh, the gluten intolerance, he has changed his theory, and it, he believes that it is this genetically modified um, food that's causing the problem. Hey, it's time for a Chris Carneal <laughs> health factoid. Oh, excellent. On an empty stomach every day, I take ashwagandha, Ooh. and it seems to do a great mood thing for me. Back well, to Gary. Because of you, I started taking the ashwagandha again, and it's I couldn't agree more. Although I did add rhodiola, which is another rhodiola rosea, I think is how you say it. Okay. It's amazing. It's from Siberia. It's a, a plant that grows up really high in the mountains. I try to respect and be conscious about how I eat both environmentally and also when it comes to my own body ecology. Yeah. And I like to eat dense fuel. I call this fuel, not food. For instance, I know that you can get protein on a vegetarian diet. I, however, prefer the protein pack of the sardines. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I find great about, uh, I think it's wild planet sardines, is uh, these things are low on the food chain. So you're, they're not ingesting a lot of mercury. I mean, they're... Right. No, they're very clean. And yeah. they, I think they seem fairly sustainable. They are. And they are packed with protein. I, I'm are. obsessed with protein. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm uh, misguided right now, but I can tell uh, when I'm, I don't get enough protein, I get fucking grouchy, man. That, I think that, that's a thing recently, but truthfully, again, everybody's different, but truthfully, the amount of proteins that the protein that we eat um, to sort of get bigger or to be sustainable is really a little, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, when I would read these uh, muscle gaining magazines or any sort of blog or whatever, it's like, let me see if I can get this right. It's a half a gram of protein per pound of body weight. It's That's something a crazy, yeah. of protein. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly eat that. I probably put about 80 grams of protein. Yeah, 80 to 100 grams of protein a day in my body. And it's hard to do that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it also, if you're not doing it with supplements, it can be a lot of food. Right, A right. lot of food. Two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in spirulina and in blue-green algae, the stuff from Klamath um, and chlorella, they all have basically, it's this protein. It's They're super high in protein, but it's cellular protein. It doesn't go through your liver, from what I understand. That's one of the problems with protein is oh. eating high amounts is it taxes your liver. Sure. So if you're a person, like I was when I was in my 20s, that eats a shit ton of meat. Mm-hmm. Drinks a shit ton of alcohol. Right. Eats a bunch of butter and all. Your liver is like, fuck you. Sure. Yeah. And that, you know, it may catch up with you. Some people don't care. I want to, you brought up the bodybuilders or the the muscle fitness. So I was doing research the other day on, um, on supplements because we ran out of supplements. And one of the things that I do is that I, I, I know I'm a weirdo, but I do this, and a lot of people I've met along this, in this world, or in this um, industry type thing, um, do this as well. They switch things up. So when you start listening to your body, you know, you might find, oh, probiotics, we've got to mention those. Mm. Um, you might find that for a few months you're taking probiotics, and then you might find, oh, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like I need them right now, or you just stop taking them for a while. 
So I was doing this research because I was switching, and um, I just checked this. Uh, it was vitamin D3, I think. And so I checked uh, D3 with K2. So I checked a few articles, and I came across like a bodybuilder article. And I usually don't check them because, you know, I was in that world a long time ago as far as learning about supplements, and I found them to be very toxic. So I flip over, and not one... <laughs> Not one of the supplements that they mentioned in any of the bodybuilder stuff did not have tons of fillers mm. and have all kinds of like crap in them. I also used to live across the street from the Gold's Gym in Venice. Mm -hmm. And from my window, I, there was a kookaroo across the street. Those dudes would go like an assembly line in and out of that kookaroo and buy mountains of chicken breasts. And I'm watching them and I'm like, wait, they all look like chicken breasts like the men the guys working out that their breasts looked like chicken breasts and i was like oh my god that was one of my first things with the whole chemistry i'm like dude you are what you eat holy That's shit funny. the thing about diet i guess it drives me crazy is that it's it's in the top five things that is always an issue for being a u.s citizen yeah you know yeah i'm sure it's a little bit more here in in california but even when I lived in the middle of nowhere or when I lived in small towns and such across the U.S., there was still an issue with food. It may not have been healthy food, but there was an issue. You know, people, they had to have their certain kind of food or they had to have their certain kind of drink or whatever. And I just, at this point in my life, I just wish we could all just let go of the food. Because truthfully, what's happening, when you look at cowspiracy, you look at what the animal agriculture is doing to this planet— what we are, we are overusing everything. When I first learned about chia seeds, the, co the country that was making them, they sold all of it. They sold so much of it, they didn't have any left for their country. Like they were, it was gone. Mm -hmm. And so they had a food shortage. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Well, let's do this. <laughs> I, I, let's, let's just like throw back and forth yeah. little factoids okay. or things that we know about nutrition in general. It. I know that you have a lot to say. I want to try to structure it in some way, but I want to <laughs> yeah, do it in a bite-sized chunks, primarily for our listeners. As we fade out of this podcast, I just want them to have like little tidbits of things they that's can good. take with them. So I'll say one. Stay the hell away from high fructose corn syrup. Amen. Use B12 as much as you possibly can. Superdose it if you can. It protects your brain. I say use B-complex, including the B12, so I second that, but only expand on it with other B, B vitamins. Yes, I love the B-complex. I take one, actually, I take one in the morning and at night. But I also superdose on top of that with these 500 IUs of, of B12. Don't eat fried foods. Agreed. And there's this thing called Meatless Mondays. Try it. Try, try not eating meat. See what happens. I mean... Don't do it because it's good for you. Do it because if you have kids and they have kids and we keep growing meat, they're not going to be able to live. Yeah, there's not going to be enough resources. There won't be resources. There won't be any uh, oxygen. It'll be mostly carbon dioxide. Right. So anyways, not that that's a doomsday because I don't believe in doomsday. Um, I do have the most optimistic idea that we humans will figure this shit out. Oh, probiotics. Probiotics. Okay. In the 30s or 40s, whenever they came up with that uh, 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 better living through chemistry, mm -hmm. well, it developed this thing in the American psyche that all bacteria was bad. We were way wrong about that. There's a whole bunch of bacteria out there that's great. You can get 
fermented foods like uh, like sauerkraut that's fermented, not pickled. You can buy supplements. You can drink kombucha. You, know, you can drink kombucha. You can drink. Uh, uh, they have a, a, an array of different types of of drinks that have the probiotics in them. But you should try probiotics. Yes, I'm going to tell you straight up front. If you've never had them before, you're probably going to fart. You're probably going to have a big poop. Yeah. You might get diarrhea. You might get stopped up. Okay. They figured out scientifically, if you don't believe in science, I guess you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyways. So scientifically, they figured out that the gut flora in your gut is directly related to your brain. It's directly related to the way you think. It's directly related to the way you operate. So the healthy gut flora creates a healthy body, healthy mind. What is it called? A biome? Biome, yeah. They call it the biome, I think. Yeah, so our internal biome is something that we really need to maintain with yeah. probiotics. Part of the body ecology is actually adding these um, probiotics. And I've seen it. I've seen it change people. I've seen it change me. That across the board is something that it affects everyone. Well, I, I got to take that back. Almost everyone. There are actually people out there who can't take the probiotics. They just fuck them up badly. And I'm, I'm guessing it has something to do with either their bodies made differently or the food they've been eating. I don't know. Okay, Gary, you are able to say one more pe- one more factoid, one more guideline. If <sighs> there was one thing that something somebody could start doing tomorrow that would set them on the path to good nutrition, what would it be? One thing, the first step. Listen to yourself. All right, and I would say supplement that that verbiage that you're hearing from your inner mind with a shitload of water. Oh, yeah. That said, we've come to the conclusion of another one of our episodes, which is really sad because I enjoy doing this, and I hope that the people listening to this enjoy listening to us speak. Um, I do have one more thing to say. Do it. I'm very glad that we did this episode on nutrition because I needed to get it out of me. It's mm-hmm. been something that's been in me for a long time, and I'm changing paths, so to speak. Okay. So um, I'm letting it go, and I just let it go. All right. And there it goes. I just saw it walk out of uh, Gary's body. And luckily, there it's not leaving any aroma. Yep. <laughs> uh, don't eat your own poo or drink your own urine. That's the only other last factoid that I have. We will see you next time. But really, you want to gain admission to the next episode, folks? Mm. Do us a solid, good Apple podcast to rate us. Give us some stars. Give us some comments, man, because I'll tell you what. We will listen to them and implement them and probably even mention you. And hey, maybe even invite you in to be interviewed about your special topic. So give us a give us a call so call us at 1-800 go fuck yourself (laughs) and we will be there with anxious open arms we want to answer questions we do this sounds like we're begging the deal is we are we are (laughs) we are all right guys it's been another lovely episode thank you gary for uh suggesting this topic i wish that i could let you speak even more and more because there's more and more that i want to know but uh you know technical considerations we have to end the podcast so um and also, I, I, I hear myself speaking, and it's time for me to take a break. All right. <laughs> Gary's going to go take a poo. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Have a beautiful, 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 beautiful time. Bubblegum kind of keeps my heart from getting heavy and crying.